When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh-huh. And first of all, that shirt is dope. Come on, Tim. Is that? It is dope. B-E-T, B-M-T for Michigan. Oh, my man, that's it. Bro, okay, you're the only Michigan fan on this episode, B-Dirt. How you feeling after watching them win the national title game? Man, cloud nine. Cloud nine. Um, you know, I, I actually, yesterday, I had to put my phone away yesterday afternoon because I had so many people hit me up. A lot of congratulatory stuff. I had friends in Houston calling me. I had um, friends from back home. Congratulations. I had Ohio State fans congratulating me. I had Ohio State fans saying, wait until we take this, uh, wait until they take the trophy away. We we signed the number one running back in the portal. You're on your way yeah. out now. You're never mm-hmm. going to beat us again and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, I just thought, I mean, it was just, Everybody flying everywhere. I was like, I can't anymore. I got to put this away. They put beat. They put beat it on a spinner, man. It was man. putting you all over the place. And listen, I had my, I had myself. I had to sleep with one foot on the floor. It was a rough night Monday night, man. It was uh it was a <laughs> lot of fun. I, like, you know, when 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 they got that interception, Mikey Sanders still got the interception at the end of the game. I jump up, go crazy, hug the complete stranger. And turned around and ordered a bottle of champagne. No idea, no clue, no clue why. This felt right. Who was hey, we're too first old me and drinking like that? <laughs> on a week, you hey. <laughs> <laughs> me and Chase was messaging back and forth while the game was being played, just kind of giving our analysis and takes. And I remember at halftime, I asked him, "What do you think about this game so far? Michigan's up big and whatnot." And we both kind of agreed to this point is that if this was going to turn into a track meet kind of a game. I like Washington's chance to win it because their defense is built for track meet kind of atmospheres. But if it was going to turn into smash mouth, which is exactly what it did, Mission is going to win this game by a, by a good little margin. Michael Pennis Jr. got beat up like crazy. And you can't say yeah. enough about that one corner, Will Johnson, uh, on Michigan secondary. He was the one that got one of the interceptions. Mm-hmm. Dude was all over the place making tackles. I know he committed a couple penalties too and whatnot. That defense, they played really great like a unit. You know, I mean, we like to take the individual pieces and stuff like that when we we, we analyze college football and draft prospects. But that whole Michigan unit, they didn't even look like that even when Aiden Hutchinson and Dax Hill and David Ojabo was playing back there. Yeah, But they looked great. It reminds me of the Baltimore Ravens unit on defense. Like, obviously, they got Roquan Smith and, you know, some stars over the place, but – Bro, like you can't say enough about the job that Jim Harbaugh did, man, with that Michigan's defensive side of the unit, bro. JJ McCarthy, I mean, I don't really give him the credit for winning the game, but he didn't screw it up. You That's know, true. So, and they kept running the ball even when the run game wasn't there at times because eventually the hole was going to bust open and then boom, they're done. Here funny. They go. So, funny you say that, Justin, man, because Mike McDonald used to be the Michigan defensive coordinator in 2021 and went to the Baltimore Ravens. So we are, we know that whole thing, but I, I do want to give, you know, give, give a shout out to Jesse Minner though. Uh, you know, Jesse Minner and Mike McDonald, man. Like I know uh, the last couple years of Michigan's gone to the playoff three years in a row, but it, it's been that defense though. That defense has, uh, you know, taken a new identity and it's been a very aggressive one and it's been uh, a lot of deception but at the same time it's been a lot of aggression and, and, a, and a lot of just making plays and executing and that's what you want in the defense a defense that's just you know gonna get after a quarterback and and uh put fear in the opponent and michigan did that jesse mentor from 2017 to 2020 was also at the baltimore ravens what the so- hell so there's there's a lot of connections going on going on there, man. A lot of hardball bloodline, bro. They 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 share they share some coaches. Yeah, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. But hey, not this is not a Michigan podcast. It's a Bengals podcast. Thank so you. let's get to work.
All right, welcome football fans and Cincinnati Bengals fans. You've caught us at running through the jungle, and I've got the whole crew here with me. I got Justin Lacey and Chase Younce doing a marathon today. Already recorded two shows. They're on their third. And of course, I got Tim Lyons uh, bundled up in the Pacific Northwest. Gentlemen, how you guys doing? And and welcome to the show back again. I got a little sad. I got to be honest with you. When I started putting together everything for today, I was on this high for Michigan winning national championship. And then I was realizing like, oh, Bengals aren't in the playoffs. I'll start yeah. putting it together. Yeah. Uh, that hurts. Uh, it hurts. It, look, it does. But here's the thing. I'm, I'm the realist. We all realists here. And I'm not saying I'm the one that's the realist out of all of them. No. The Bengals did not play their way to a playoff spot this year. Okay. And the easiest testament to that is they went 0-5 in the division to start. And then they finished, obviously, 1-5. But are we really going to talk about that junior varsity defense that they saw against the Browns? No. Okay? Let's just be real here. I didn't like their chances if it was a full out, all-out game with all of their starters going against our team at that time constructed. I didn't like the Bengals' chances. They don't really match up well with the Browns anyways. So we were very fortunate that they clinched the, to rest their starters a week before that. And we was able to get a nice little gimme win. But, you know, again, I wanted the Bengals to beat their ass, and they did. And they demolished them, even though I did see some of the same problems towards the end of the game. But they just didn't play their way into the postseason this year, even with their lofty expectations. They had a lot of adversity, but just, but I'm also very positive. A more of a positive outlook is they finished with a winning record. They manufactured nine wins, even though it was nine to ten was I was looking for with Jake Brown and playing QB. It was a nice little entertaining run. Got to give it to him. You know, Zach Taylor had pretty much shown that he can coach his team to a winning record, even without his star quarterback. So while we're disappointed, it hurts, but it's okay. Because now we get to talk about actual playoff games, even though it sucks that our Bengals ain't there. I still feel like that the Bengals will be there for the next few years to come. So I'm not even going to press myself too much on it. No, and I agree with you. And I, you know, we talked about it in, at nauseum about how we went into that, you know, we were basically looking at, at would we have a gut check moment? Would, would the team fight and bond together? And and, and kind of looking and seeing um, how the youngsters did and, and improved and did the offensive line improve. And the defensive line, we found out, did not. Um, but, the, you know, Kind of along those things, you know, um, we're going to break down the AFC playoffs as they go through their entirety because really going to focus AFC Central and AFC focused on this uh, program because those are the teams we got to beat in the Super Bowl, and that's where we want to be. Um, we're also going to give our Super Bowl predictions, but we're going to start, and we're going to do this every week now going forward until we get through the entire team. We're going to start with um, a little bit of breakdown of of uh position by position group right um so where i want to start with this grading is in the quarterback room very interesting year for the quarterback room started off with a hobbled joe burrow ended up with a an out for the season joe burrow so we got to kind of pull ourselves through the muck there but i'm gonna throw this over to chase because chase you said you did this homework before you even knew we were going to do this, you've been going through and grading these guys. So I want to get your take on it and see where you got the quarterback room right now for the, the Bengals in 2023. The funny thing is, out of all the positions possible, this is the one that I have not even like written out yet. But that's awesome. I've thought about it. I've thought about it a little bit. When you're looking at everything that goes into account for the Cincinnati Bengals, I believe that you're looking at you know, the quarterbacks, 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, you know, two to one as a, as a group, I would give, I'd give it a B plus. I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm being a little too, you know, you know, too open about it and a little, you know, given even a helping hand there, but we saw when Joe Burrow played the first four games of the season, he didn't look like himself because he wasn't himself. The first game against the Browns was not well. The second game against the Ravens, he played okay, but had a, crucial interception but we already knew he wasn't well third and fourth game was the same kind of thing and the defense stepped up and, and beat the rams when you saw joe burrow whatever happened maybe it was him wearing the jordans week five against the, the cardinals and he just kept going forward 
I mean, he looked like, you know, in that four weeks, I think he was the best quarterback in football for four weeks. I don't think anyone can deny that. There's obviously people that are recently biased, like, oh, it was Brock Purdy, oh, it was Dak Prescott. No, no, during that time frame of week five to week nine, Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in the National Football League for about a month. All right. We were all talking about it, like, man, the Bengals are back, all this stuff. All right. And then we get to that point where he gets hurt and we don't know what's going on with Jake Browning. All right. We have no idea what's, what's going on with him. Steelers game, not so great. But then he had that that magical look against the Jaguars. You're like, is this really happening right now? A lot of stuff was broken that night, but Browning kept elevating his play and he, and they really did run a lot of the same stuff from the playbook that they ran with Joe Burrow. Jake Browning is no Joe Burrow, but if you told me Jake Browning, if you told me before Thanksgiving that Jake Browning was going to walk in and go 12 touchdowns to seven interceptions, I'd say we're probably about 500 at that rate, but he really did a good job for what it was worth. It was just a bunch of other pieces that really didn't step up in that regard. But I'd give the quarterback room a B plus. I think there was a lot. It was the season of roller coasters, and that's how you could, uh, you know, sum it up as a quarterback. I dig that. I dig that. Um, Justin, how do you see it? You uh, you agree with Chase? You got somewhere around that B, or 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 do you see it different? Oh no, I absolutely agree with everything he said there. Um, and just to add a little bit more to it. Now, I'm not going to copy off the grading actually as a, he gave it a B plus. I'm a little bit harsher. I'll give it a B minus just because my expectations of what I expected out of Joe Burrow, that kind of dwindles that grade a little bit farther down. Joe Burrow is a top two quarterback in the NFL. And when he's playing at his best, he's top one over guys like Patrick Mahomes, even with the accolades. I don't care. But he didn't play like that until you saw the health finally came in. Again, not his fault with the calf injury, not his fault with the seasonal ending wrist injury that he had there. As you mentioned, Chase, this is exactly why I have a silver lining of glass half full approach when it comes to the, se- the season in a nutshell and why I do take some positive out of it. Because for that stretch that Burrow was playing out of his mind, the Bengals were regarded as one of the three dangerous teams in a conference, along with the Ravens and the Chiefs at the time. And we knew that if the, the season would have held up with Burrow playing the way that he was, he would have gotten the Bengals to a real championship contention level caliber style play just happened to also be in the simultaneously against the Ravens who were also doing the same thing too, but that didn't happen. And I felt like that when it finally happened, it was too little too late. You dug yourself way too deep in the hole. I would have elevated this more into a B plus, maybe even an a minus, even with the injury that he would have gotten a win against one of the two division foes week one or week two, preferably against the Browns more whoever i don't care whether if it was losing at the browns but beat the ravens or losing at the ravens or beat the browns whatever the case it may be but the fact that, that he didn't really elevate his own play and adjusted his own window of opportunity there when he could have that's why i give that's why i'm a little bit harsh on the grading because of burrow and then jake browning he was fun to watch and it's funny because we went into the season not knowing what the hell we had at backup quarterback we were screaming to go get somebody Jake Brown ended up being everything we wanted and more at the backup quarterback position to where now fans feel pretty comfortable with the security blanket that we have there. Because if something were to happen for Burrow where he missed a couple of games, Brown can come in there and rescue you no matter how tough the opponent may seem. He's already went through a lot of adversity himself. So I'll give it a solid B minus, even though I will not disagree with anybody if you give it a B plus or B or even an A minus, you know, based off of everything that was stated there. You know, it's funny because I, I I have a question in my mind. Like, if we would have known, because in the pre, in preseason and in um, camp and everything, it didn't look like we had a backup quarterback. It really didn't. It didn't look like we had one. If we would have had Jake Browning playing then, like he did when he got his chance in the season, I wonder if. Joe Burrow doesn't sit that first week or maybe the first two. Right. Um, especially the uh, first game in Cleveland was a monsoon. And, there, you know, what I mean, like a slip there. It's easy to, you know, slip in that mud and muck and, and, and strain the calf more and do things like that. I wonder if we wouldn't, if we knew what we had there in Jake Browning, like if this same thing happened again next year. Oh, God, knock on wood, knock on wood. Um, would we sit him for that first game or two and let him get healthy? I I, I kind of think we would, to be honest with you. Um, possibility. 
so for that reason, because I I was I'm with you, Justin. I I thought I didn't see. I saw a flash of four games for Joe Burrow. That's not enough. That's not where I grade him. But I think Jake Browning let me think that we have a good quarterback room, not just one of the one of the best quarterbacks on the planet. So we actually have a good quarterback room. So for that reason, I gave him a solid B. Tim, what'd you have him uh, ranked in your in your gradings? I'm I'm like torn right now because, you know, if Jake Browning, like like you just said, if Jake Browning came out and played preseason like he did these last, you know, these games that he started for us, and actually showed promising, you know, what if what you know it would we have played Joe or not? Um, you know, Joe Burrow, you know, he's an A plus guy when he's healthy, but you know, we've been unfortunately seeing, you know, the calf injury, the, then, then he, then, you know, he is an A plus guy through those wins and then he breaks his wrist and then Jake comes in and we honestly, nobody knew what, you know, like everybody said, we don't, we didn't know what we were getting. Nobody knew what we were getting, you know, and, and I did see Jake play during his college career and I was like, well, you know, is Jake the way to go or was AJ McCarron the way to go, you know, being a veteran and everything. And then they made this decision to make to to bring uh, Browning on, uh, you know, ha- having him be the starter. So uh, I'm going to give them a, I'm going to give them a B as well. I was going to say a B minus, maybe almost a C plus, but I'll give them a B because you know of of the beginning of the season with Joe being hurt. You know the situation that we were dealt, and then you know Jake did show those flashes, and you know Burrow was being Burrow once he was a hundred percent, and you know so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them that B because I think I think with what the wins that we did get, now if we would have beat you know the Steelers at least one game, oh. you know or, you know it would have been a whole different story, but I would have put know, an A minus to me. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It would have, you know, with no doubt, you know, we would have at least beat the, the Steelers once. I would definitely be giving them an A minus, you know, maybe just an A, but I'd say, I'd say a B. I'd say a B. Hey, if we would have beat the Steelers uh, one time, we'd be, we'd playing, be playing this weekend. Right now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fact. Fact. That's a fact. Facts. Uh, hey, thanks, Chase, for ruining my day, buddy. Appreciate sorry. Yep. I had, and I ruined myself too. I, I won't sleep tonight. <laughs> Well, listen, I, I, I've kind of been, this is our first day of going through the grading, the position players and everything. I, I, I try to be easy. Like we're going to ease into this. So we start with that quarterback room. We're all kind of in the same grants there with our quarterback room. The next position group I want to do, we're going to do two of them today. So this is the only other one we got. And I'm going to throw it right back to you, Tim. Why receiver room? Where do you have us graded this year for 2023 in our wide receiver room? Well, we got Jamar Chase. You know, he played uh, fairly well this year. You know, he didn't have as many touchdowns as he probably wanted. Um, T. Higgins was kind of a, is he healthy, is he not healthy? Tyler Boyd, flashing the pan, dropping, dropping some passes that he shouldn't have dropped. But I love Tyler Boyd, don't get me wrong, so don't, don't, don't go sending me hate mail, Tyler. You know, I love you, bro. Um, and then of course, you know, we brought Yoshi and, you know, Irwin and Charlie Jones. Um, I'm going to give the performance. I think, I think if Tyler Boyd would have caught those passes that he would have caught, T Higgins would have played a little bit more. And maybe if Jamar Chase didn't get hurt, unfortunately, I I definitely give them a, uh, I say an A minus, but, with what happened, I'm going to give him a B plus. Definitely B plus. All right. I can dig it. I can dig it. Justin, uh, you see it the same way. You got a little different. What, what's your take on this wide receiver group for uh, this year? Again, I'm a little harsh. I gave him a C plus. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I do agree. While I do agree with everything that Tim just mentioned, we had to add some youth to this core. The trio did not play like the trio that we all knew and loved, though. That's the downside of it. Jamar Chase, as much as I champion, you know, Jamar on every single day of the occasion, he had a chance to propel his name 
in the top one sweepstakes of the wide receiver rankings in the NFL. We mentioned you and me, B-Dirt, specifically the preseason wide receiver rankings. I believe that both of us had him listed as number three, right behind Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson. But we just felt like that with his explosiveness and his potential to just elevate beyond measure, that he was going to at some point take over that number one spot. After this season, I don't feel that way. You know, I still feel like he's the number three in that top five range, whatever you want to rank him. And he's still my guy. But outside of the Arizona Cardinals game and maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars game, he has some volume production here and there. But what was the what was the main game? That was this is the Jamar Chase game. Outside, again, outside of Arizona, which he's three touchdowns, you know, almost had 200 yards, had a boatload of catches. You didn't really see that. And that's kind of this. That was really unfortunate. And as for T. Higgins, I understand he was battling with the thing in his mind regarding his contract. He's in a contract season. He battled a few injuries, but he also has some lackluster production throughout the season, too, with a few drop heads of his own, along with Tyler Boyd. You know, so while I'm very happy that he did reestablish him and reemerge himself as a guy that could be the number one, if a guy like Jamar's out, he can take over like we like we saw against the Vikings or against the Steelers the second time. He just wasn't consistent enough like that, like I, how we know that he can be. And, again, a lot of it, it doesn't come the correlation of how the offense ended up changing its stripes a bit with Joe Burrow, with his health, and then Jake Browning being new and trying to get the reps under his belt. And also a part of it is, have they adjusted to the defenses that they go against? Because, I'm sorry, I feel like that average NFL defenses have caught up to what the Bengals have done and that it feels like that they're very easy to game plan even though they're not easy to game plan. And I already mentioned Tyler Boyd. He th- it might be his last to go around with the Bengals, you know, but he wasn't Boyd. That I've always kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for Boyd to have that monster game. And I don't think it ever really happened. Yeah, he had over 100 yards against the Houston Texans, you know, but like Tim mentioned, he had the critical drop end zone pass that would have probably won us the game. And that, that hurts. He's had quite a few of those now. And unfortunately – you know, I don't want him to obviously be remembered for that, but I think this is just one of those moments where maybe it's it's time to move on. If you're Tyler Boyd and the Bengals, like, hey, look, man, you've had a fantastic career. We obviously love to bring you back and resign you, but your options, we we want you to explore other interests out there for yourself. And we just honestly don't know what we got in the young guys, Charlie Jones, Josie Voss. Although we like their potential, I do not like those guys as being my two and three. You know, I, I still want T Higgins. <laughs> okay. I still need T. Higgins there. I want Jamar Chase there. And again, say what we want about the efforts of Tyler Boyd, not necessarily the efforts, the production of Tyler Boyd this year is still better than T. Uh, Yoshi Voss and Charlie Jones. Trent Irwin as solid as he is, and he's always been a solid rock, but he's not Tyler Boyd, you know? So, and I've made this statement before regarding our wide receiver cores that there is a, a nice trio, but then there is a little bit of a drop off. And that's no shade to no fault at their own. They just haven't grown up yet to show that they can take over those respective positions of a two and three if needed be. So a lot of this this offseason talk, I know a lot of this regarding T. Higgins for the most part, is going to end up rectifying itself because who's going to replace him? And I don't want to go to the draft. You know, I, I need T. Higgins. You know, that's my that's the, him and Jamar. Those are your pillars. Those are your cornerstones. That's the core of your offense, along with Joe Burrow, obviously. But they didn't perform like that this season. So that's why I'm a little harsher. And I give him a C plus instead. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. Um, I uh, yeah, I I, I I think a lot of what we I saw from our team was scheming and opportunity. Opportunity wasn't there. I I, I expected, especially Charlie Jones, to get more playing time. Um, didn't happen. I was really upset with some of the play calling. Um, I I. I would like T back. If we don't get T back, and Tim and I were were talking about this backstage before you guys got on. If we don't get T back, I want I want to tag him and trade. Um, because I think you got to get a first round pick for him because you, you you've got too many needs. And if you don't have him, I agree with you. You got to get one of the top three or four wide receivers in this draft. Um, somebody with some more size. You know, uh, Charlie Jones, I think, could be a nice compliment in that um, in that slot. Um, 
position and whatnot, but six foot tall, he's not, I mean, he's not a compliment to uh, really what you have in Jamar Chase. You know, you got similar shorter guys, six foot, six one. I, you need somebody over there, six four, six five, and and that that would be highly useful and physical. Uh, you know, I think we need as well. So, uh, Chase, where did you have this uh, wide receiver group ranked? Man, I'm gonna go with a B minus. Um, you guys, you know, like bug spray, right? You know, like you have like the I think it's called off, right? You know that like the off thing. Yeah. They have like off clips and stuff that you can just clip on your clip on your hip and all that. It felt like the Bengals receivers were just kind of wearing that this year. It wasn't anything like they were terrible or wasn't anything they were like spectacular. They're just it was off. The model of consistency was uh was just inconsistent. Guy would have a you know, someone would have a big game and other guys wouldn't really put up what they should be putting up. Uh when looking at Jamar Chase, uh, Jamar, great season, 100 catches for 1216 yards, seven touchdowns, but Again, like Justin mentioned, it seemed like teams have been kind of figuring this, you know, this offense out when it comes to the receivers. Um, this is something that I, you know, wanted to bring up. Jamar Chase averaged, I believe, 18, I think it was like 18.1 yards per catch uh, as a rookie. And everybody didn't know how to defend him. A lot of people were playing cover one, man to man, all that stuff. You you know, if it's if it's man to man defense, we're going to take a shot downfield. Over the last two seasons, though, Jamar Chase has averaged only 12 yards a catch in back-to-back seasons. You're telling me a guy with big play explosiveness, you know, is only averaging 12 yards per catch? Tyreek Hill, everyone knows Tyreek Hill can burn you deep and do this and do that. Um, but he's still averaging like 17, 18 yards a catch. Okay. And that goes back to a lot of scheme. It, you know, it really a lot of it is scheme. But at the same time, though, it's just I'm just again, it's a little confusing in that regard for Jamar Chase. Hopefully he can, you know, have a better season next year and, you know, we can have some more downfield attack. T Higgins, Tyler Boyd. uh, It was just it's just off. Okay, T Higgins been hurt. We know the hamstring injury is going to be a thing going forward. It's been a thing for the last couple of years. I remember seeing it before, you know, before he got drafted. It was like, oh, this hamstring injury is going to linger. It's going to linger for the rest of his career. And he's an automatic out to miss at least three games per season. That's something that, you know, to keep in mind with everything. But, you know, if we bring him back, if we don't bring him back, whatever. And then Boyd, um, ever since he had that drop in the Super Bowl, I think it's just been a little bit different. I don't want to go back and pinpoint on pinpoint that on him specifically, but I, I think we'd all agree. It, it's just been a little bit different uh, with Tyler Boyd. And, you know, I, I, I've appreciated his time here, but we'll we'll see you know, what goes on if that was his swan song with that. And then the other receivers, Yoshi Voss stepped up, you know, in some regard, you know, especially in the red zone, Trent Irwin uh, stepped up a couple of games and stuff, but, but yeah, there is a significant drop off from our receiver three to receiver four. And, you know, we got to try to figure that stuff out, but uh, you know, r- just a really off weird year. I like saying it's 2006, but uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to hold them as accountable for certain things. I don't think they had control over like scheme, like whatever in the hell is tipping everybody off about the bubble screen because something is, I don't know if it's the play call. I don't know if it's an alignment. I don't know if somebody leans forward when they're doing it or back when they're not, whatever it is, there's something the second half of the season that was tipping people off on those bubble screens to wide receivers. Um, so that was a, that was a big thing. I always thought, and, and, and listen, when, when Jake Browning came in, the security blanket idea was to throw two yard passes to Jamar chase to get him warmed up. That also gives a downside to this year's Jamar chase production. I think, um, where earlier in the year I thought he had some better better games. I think later in the year it was a lot of check down Charlie stuff. So I'm gonna give him a solid B, but there is definitely gonna be an elephant in the room. We're gonna talk a lot this offseason about T. Higgins. Um and, and and you know, do do we resign him? Do we not resign him? Do we do we tag him? Do we trade him? You know, is he worth 24 million plus a year? 
Because that's what he—that's what they're saying the going rate is for him. They said he's going to get four years, a hundred million. <laughs> Man, I didn't. Hello? Hey, Heitzy, how you doing? Didn't expect to see you today. Yeah, like if you, those are watching on YouTube, we we had to drop a picture of T Higgins on there. Look, man, I don't, I don't, I know it's going to be a weird offseason when it comes to those offseason discussions, contracts, and all that stuff. We just hope that it don't get to the Jesse Bates level. We don't need that. Personally, I think the Bengals extend him. I think they just know that they he's he's special. You know, make it work, figure it out. Stop letting Dave Maul get her. I know I'm we're veering off into a whole conversation topic, but stop letting that agent Dave Maul get her ruin your books. You know, I mean, out negotiate you and because. That's what it takes. If people know that they eventually want to be able to leave Cincinnati, they're just going to hire that agent. And you don't want to be easily readable like that as the front office. So get it done. You know, that's all I'll say about that. My only my only devil's advocate to you is for $100 million, I'd like to get two good hamstrings. That's <laughs> devil's advocate. That's my devil's yeah. advocate. Yeah, and with that, sure. with with that, I'm gonna ask the fans <laughs> to go ahead and hit that thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. If you're on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcast, go ahead, hit that thumbs up again for us. Hit that subscribe, hit that like, share us with a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back, Bengals fans. Uh, my dog has not liked this break that we we just took. The silence has got him uh, in a tizzy. He's uh, crying in his crate, but I can't be trusted because he's trying to eat it furniture. So it is what it is. I apologize if you hear him crying, but uh, I can't have him eating furniture. Can't do that. So we did a little something the past couple of weeks here, and uh, – we got to see where we went. Check, raise, fold. Uh, I have threatened Justin that I will mute his mic if he mentions the fact that the first week I did pick the Oakland Raiders to get in the playoffs. Um, I digress. But I'm, gonna, I'm not going to mention that you said the wrong name, too. It's it Vegas that? Raiders. That, that. You said Oakland Raiders. Oh, Vegas yeah, Vegas Raiders, Raider, Oakland, Los, Los Angeles. It, I'll all just go ahead and mute myself. All the of the Raiders. Um, but yeah, listen, I, I got you queued up here because I know the way you like it. I know you like a little background. So we're gonna Come get some now. background. We're gonna get some background yeah. music playing here for you. And uh we, we got we got the visuals. So let me hear what you got for the AFC playoff right now. All right. Welcome to another edition of Check Rave Old. All right. The last couple of weeks has been fun, but now we have a final version picture of the AFC playoffs. And we did not see the Steelers making the playoffs coming. We did not see that at all. They ended up sleepwalking their way to the seventh seed. The closest ones that actually had this damn near identical, I will have to say, myself, picking everybody except Pittsburgh, because I still had the Jags somehow still making it at the seventh seat and chase, you know, uh, I think, but sadly what caused the demise is my man, Tim Lyons selling his all but stock on the Buffalo bills, folding those pocket Queens. <laughs> you can say what you want. I still ain't sold on the bills. Oh my God. You, Look. you know what? We can have this argument all day long. I ain't impressed with the Bills, and I don't care. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Just go ahead. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but the, the, the beginning of the check raise fall segment was in luau of what do you like as far as their chances of getting a playoff spot locked up? And you folded immediately. I did. You're right. Now they got the, now they got the number two seed. But, however, I agree with you in certain, in certain avenues because I am still feeling very queasy about picking them in certain matchups however we got a nice little rundown of slate of games here for this wild card weekend got the chiefs dolphins bills at steelers i'm sorry steelers at bills texans browns nice little rundown for a wild card weekend here so check race fold on the houston texans covering the spread and pulling off an upset against the cleveland browns chase I'm going to run it back to you. Check race fold on the Houston Texans pulling off of this upset. It's two and a half points, right? It's two and a half the spread. 
right? Yep. Home dog. <sighs> I'm going to fold, but it's going to be very close. Uh, I think the Browns are going to win this game in a close one. And again, I will mention this. I do not want this team to win at all. I will state it out here. I don't care. Okay. But I'm not going to go into more, you know, explicit words or anything like that. I don't want them to win. But I, I you know, I, I don't know when the Flacco train, when the magic's going to stop and everything. And I love CJ Stroud seeing him, you know, doing what he's doing and stuff. Do I think they can win this game? Yes. Do I want them to win this game? Yes. Am I sold on it? I just, I, I got to fold. I got to fold and just be like, all right, whatever. And just sit back and see what happens. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 All right. I'm going to change it up a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to do a little easy one for you, Tim. Because we've I've already been thinking at you already with the Bills. <laughs> Look, they are getting 10 and a half points. It's a there's 10 and a half points. Oh, I'm sorry, 10 points favored against the Buffalo Bills. Check race ball. Do the Buffalo Bills cover that spread at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers? I don't think they'll cover the spread, but I think that they'll win the game against the Steelers because, you know, it's in Buffalo. I'm going to assume it's probably going to snow or just be cold as hell and raining. You know, I don't know what the weather's like. I know probably going to be snowing. Who knows? And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today, and he's a big Steelers fan, and I was like, you know, you guys got a 50-50 shot of beating the Bills. Well, the thing is about the Bills is – is their run game. I'm not talking about just their running back. I'm talking about Josh Allen. And the Steelers, they don't have no T.J. Watt. They don't have T.J. Watt sitting on the field. So just like Brandon does is, he looks at who's the two best players on the field for the team, for for one team and then for the other team. That that okay. best player on the field is not playing on, on uh, playing in Buffalo, T.J. Watt. So I'm gonna tick I'm gonna take the Bills to win, but I think that they win by eight points. Yeah. I so like gonna, that. I'm gonna, so I kinda I'm, like that too. So I'm checking on them. I'm not folding on them this week. I'm checking on them. Look, the Bills got a number of favorable matchups. This playoff matchup can go exactly how they've always wanted it. A home game against Kansas City in the next round. But they obviously got to get through Pittsburgh first. And as you did mention, they have no T.J. Watt, who's the heart and soul of that team. Right. And the Bills, I mean, I'm sorry, and the Steelers are just a mere participating appearance in this playoff run. We didn't see them making the playoffs. We folded on them multiple times. They shouldn't have made the playoffs. But the Jacksonville Jaguars choked again. And they mm-hmm. decided to just, I don't want to go to the playoffs anymore. And that put Pittsburgh in. So I'm with you, though. Bills are going to win. But they do not cover. They also have a number of mistakes as well, too, that that team makes. Josh Allen, depending on how many times he's going to keep airmailing the ball into the secondary, I don't know. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of fall into line with the agreements with you there. So that leaves me with the third game. And, Beater, I'm going to toss it to you this time. We got the Chiefs and Dolphins. The line on here is four and a half points, Kansas City at Arrowhead. Now, this game is being played on Peacock. I mentioned this on a different show with Chase. Now, if you want to get the exclusive rundown on that, be sure to check that out. Um, The Dolphins, I know they're upset that they didn't get a chance to get a crack at this division to win it. But I think the silver lining was that you get to play this version of the Kansas City Chiefs and not a potential rematch would have been against Buffalo, who has your number at this point. And I think that you're looking for a way to advance through the postseason. So, Kansas City's getting four and a half point spread. Do you think they cover that spread and win that game? So, uh, again, going into cold weather, Tyreek Hill obviously zero degree, played, zero played degrees, in cold believe, weather yeah. and whatnot. Um, but, you know, when you're having a dinged up ankle and some of that stuff, it gets stiff in that, in that weather. Uh, Tua, on the other hand, does not play good in cold weather. They are a mass unit right now. Um, Justin and Chase, you're too young to understand. MASH was a, a show about a, a military hospital way back in the day. Um, 
I'm familiar with the show. I, I kid, had to go to I bed. Kid, I can't. I can't. But um, but yeah. Oh, so boy. listen, 2000s kid. Their best three pass rushers are out. Their second best um, uh, defensive back is dinged up, may not play. Their two starting linebackers are out. So defense has some major holes in it. I think what you're going to see, I think you're going to see a Hall of Fame coach finally realize, you know, okay, enough is enough. We tried to right the ship and work through some of the issues we had uh, throughout the year. But there's a simple recipe for the Kansas City Chief playing winning football. Run the damn ball and play great defense because those are the two things you're capable of right now. Uh, Kelsey looks like he's lost a step. Uh, Rasheed Rice looks like a good wide receiver, but you don't have the supporting cast. You don't have Rasheed Rice is not quite great yet. Could he be eventually? Maybe, but run the ball, play great defense and beat this team. I like Kansas city to cover the four and a half. And I really like, if you want to go over to pay dirt and listen, I really like a prop bet on this one. Pacheco over 65 and a half yards. There's some more prop bets over there for you to dig up if you want to go check them out. I'm with it. I'm actually with it. Look, this is obviously the classic trap game to think like if you were buying all the stock into the Kansas City Chiefs going one and done in the playoffs, you might not want to do it this weekend. This does have the recipe in the makings of the classic Mahomes Andy Reid win in Arrowhead for the first round and people are going to jump right back on the bandwagon again and if the Bills pull off win against the Steelers which we we think that they could then you're going to set that up as a round two against Buffalo but this time it'll be in Orchard Park yeah people might people are going to probably do the overcorrection at that point and be like oh let's put money on the Chiefs to beat the Bills in the playoffs when it counts oh, at that point let's let's pump the brakes you know so Again, it's going to be a fun little matchup. Again, as a Bengals fan, it is very depressing talking about division rivals and our also newly found AFC rival in Kansas City being in this situation where if Burrow would have just simply stayed healthy and the Bengals continue to play great ball, we will be in this situation. So, but I'm not going to cry about spilled milk because it's already done. We're moving on. We're cleaning up. We get to talk about real playoff football now. Now, I want to hear y'all Super Bowl predictions. Who do you have coming out in the Super Bowls for both the AFC and the NFC side? Because I want to get these jotted down now. And who you have winning it if you have a plus. So, Chase, I'm going to flip it to you now. AFC, NFC matchup or the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right. Um. Wow. This is just a year where I'm just like, damn it, the Bengals could have stepped in and, and had a chance. But again, milk spilt, cleaned. Here we go. I look at it. Something is just telling me the Buffalo Bills are gonna go. Tim, I I I, I know. I, say, Tim, I know you. You don't want to hear that. But, <laughs> but something is just telling me. I, the team is the team has gotten hot at the right moment, and you know what this reminds me of. Don't this say it, Chase. Me, don't say it. I'm gonna. I don't know if we're thinking the same thing, but the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they won their division. The Buccaneers at one point were seven and five going into the bye week, and the Bucks reeled off a ton of games and just kept winning. I know they were a real, you know wild card team and everything, but. I think the Bills, they're going to have a chance if the Chiefs win, they win. They're going to have a chance to have, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes in their backyard. Josh Allen don't beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. It's known that Josh Allen beats Patrick Mahomes in the regular season, though. But that'll be the first matchup between the two that took place in Buffalo since week six of 2020 on a Monday five o'clock game. A lot's changed in that time frame. I don't know what it is, but something is telling me. The Lord, the Lord is telling me that the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. I'm not trying to be the prophet or whatever, but I, I or the, the, you know, I'm not even going to go into that route. But the Bills and, and 
you know, I'm going to go with the Niners. I know it's a popular pick and everything, but I think the Bills and the Niners is, is going to end up being the Super Bowl um, this year. I think, uh, you know, when they're playing their best, nobody can touch them. And I, I just think the Niners are somewhat destined to get back to it. Uh, that would be three straight NFC Championship games in a row, and I think they finally get over the hump with that third time being a charm. So I got Bills Niners, uh, and I I think the Niners will win it. But again, I would uh, that would be great to just see no divisional opponents get the Super Bowl and the NFC win it. That's what I'm kind of meddling right now. But go, go on. You know, before I get to the two of you guys, I gotta I. I had that written down myself too. Again, tell me. You I swear we didn't. Here. We did not. We did not meet we up. Did we not did not plan this. No, nah. We did not. We did Look, not. Something. I, I. I don't want to usher the same kind of philosophical philosopher kind of standpoint regarding the Buffalo Bills, but I don't know why. It's something's telling me that this team is finally going to make it out of the AFC now that Joe Burrow and the Bengals are not in it because that was their gaunt. That was their real gauntlet. You did already mention when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, people ain't been watching. They actually have flipped the script on the Chiefs, bro. And this time it's going to be in Orchard Park. You finally get a matchup in Orchard Park. Again, this is assuming that both the Chiefs and the Bills win their first games, which we predict that they will. And I think that this playoff run is going to be set up for them for success to the point where they can't, they, they play, they've, I feel like that they've gotten really good on defense to overcome the injuries to be able to pull off an upset win at Baltimore if it comes down to them going at Baltimore AFC and the uh, AFC Championship game. Or it might be on their home turf if Cleveland makes it past round one and round two, and then it goes back to Buffalo for the title game. We don't know. But at the end of the day, something's telling me Buffalo's going to make it out. I think Josh Allen finally gets his reprived moment of making it to the Super Bowl, but I do not have them winning it. I do am, am going to go with the 49ers. I just think that that team has always been dangerous. I'm not being fooled by their loss against the what the Cardinals week 18. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, week 18, they took a L to the Cardinals or the Rams. I'm sorry. I got that mixed up. And then a loss, a beatdown of the Ravens, which really didn't feel like a beatdown because the game was kind of nicely close for a while until they kind of took off. Something tell me that I'm just going to just stick with Buffalo for the AFC, even though I know Baltimore sitting right there. Your dab smacking your face has been rolling teams. But the playoffs are weird, man. So we kind of in agreement there, Chase. Now, Tim, you've heard us pick the Bills. I know this is a team that you folded twice. And I know you're probably not going to pick the Bills, but I need to hear your Super Bowl predictions. So my Super Bowl predictions, um, you know, I'm riding AFC North. I hope the AFC North plays well during this playoffs. Um, but I believe that, it, well, it, you know, the Steelers, unfortunately, that's the hand they were dealt. You know, they're playing against the Bills. Ain't nothing I can do about that. I wish them the best. But I think in the end, it's going to come down to the Ravens and the the Bills playing for the AFC Championship. And the Ravens are going to win. It's just the Ravens are just set up to where their defense is complemented by the offense. That defense is complemented by the offense so much, you know, Lamar Jackson and Gus the Bus and Zay Flowers and you know that that offensive line and then you know a, they Roquan Smith, Marlon you know Humphreys we can just name everybody else but I I believe that the AFC North is going to be our representative in the Super Bowl by the Ravens um, and of course you know by popular belief. You know, I'm right there with you guys with the 49ers. The 49ers, they have played. I think they are the dominant team in the NFC North, or excuse me, in the in the NFC. Sorry, um, I think they're they're the dominant team because you know, as we've been seeing the Eagles playing, you know, the Cowboys. You know, it's either they're hot or they're not. And I think the 49ers are. You know, they were up here, then they dropped down and had those losses, but then they're back up, and I think they're going to keep riding that that wave, and it's going to be the 49ers versus versus the Ravens. I actually respect that. And again, I understand this is not me hating on the Ravens why I decided to pick the Bills. It's just a weird matchup effect that I think Buffalo is going to be benefiting from. That's why I picked them. But, yeah, you can't ignore what the Ravens are doing. Like, the Ravens are – 
they killing it. They have taken advantage of their matchups down the stretch of the season, even if it meant that they're playing the, both times against the Bengals without a Joe Burrow healthy. You know, it, it's not their fault that they were just playing the schedule that they was dealt. It ain't their fault that the other team didn't had suffered adversity before playing against them. They still had to show up and go out there and play, and they didn't have a. They had a late buy. They had a late London game. They didn't. Usually, when you play a London game or a game overseas, you're supposed to get a buy the following week to give you time to recover. They didn't get a buy. They kept playing, and they kept winning. You got to give respect to that. And man, how much how weird it will be to see the Ravens and the Michigan Wolverines. Nice little segue for you, be there coming. That both Harbaugh brothers end up with championships in the end of the book in the rest of the football season. So look, I'm not, I'm not here to argue against that. So, I mean, much respect to the Ravens. Kudos to them. I still don't like them. I still can't stand their fan base, but I do give them props for how they went about this regular season. So be over to you. Now you're the final pick Super Bowl picks. Oh, do I have an upset for you here, man? You're going to say the Lions. I'm not going to take the Buffalo bills and I'm going to tell you why. I refuse okay. to put my money on a quarterback that led the league in turnovers. Ain't my, ain't my, ain't my stick. He, he, he got away with it in Miami last week because he got a, a, a kick return for a touchdown because a guy got hurt and took out another blocker. I'm not going to trust for that to happen every game in order for him to get out of his own way. So I'm not taking the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the best team in the best division in football with the MVP. So, Lamar Jackson going to go to the Super Bowl. And I got an upset. Because it's even money right now. If you take, you can take the 49ers and the, the one of the two teams, either the 49ers and the Ravens, to win the Super Bowl versus the field. And it's even money right now. But I got somebody else in there, not the 49ers. I think the Cowboys are going to pull this off. I was thinking and, that too. And I'm just saying it wow. because oh, I look I look at, at, at how these teams are going to shuffle up. And the Cowboys aren't going to get to play, you know, the six or seven or the, you know, they're going to get a, a, a four or five seed. I'd rather play the Bucks or the Eagles right now than I would the Rams or the Packers. So I start looking at their path through, and I think they have an easier path through. So the Cowboys play the Packers. So, yeah, they do. They play the Packers. Excuse me. On the next the next round, I'd rather pay. I'd rather play. Not if the Rams beat the Lions, I would rather play the Bucks or the Eagles. That that's For my sure. thinking there. So for sure. Got that. I, I think they have I think this is probably the easiest matchup they've had. I think they're a well-rounded team. Um, I think you know, Dak's got that experience. I think you know McCarthy's got something to prove. I think they make it. Now that said, I don't think it's much of a game. At 27-17, I'm taking the Ravens over to Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Ravens get the parade. Yeah, and quite frankly, it's going to suck seeing that as a division rival if that happens. But Lamar Jackson has played great all year long. And again, I don't mind. And I root for a guy like Lamar based off all he, he had overcome as well, too, media-wise, and the perception of running quarterback-wise. But you also can't say enough things about the Dallas Cowboys this season, too. I know that they're the national brand that everybody likes to throw stones at. You see that you love them or you hate them. For many people, they hate, hate, I hate talking about the Cowboys, you know. But I, I take this year in a nutshell, and I'd be like, I like what they've done so far this season. And as you said, it's about matchups. They get the Packers round one. I don't see the Packers in Jordan Love, no matter how much I like what he's grown into. Kind of like C.J. Stroud, even though he ain't C.J. Stroud. But I like what Jordan Love's done this season. Not enough to go on the road to be a red-hot Cowboys team. And that defense has been giving up a lot of points, too. Defensive backfield's and, not good for Packers. Yeah, And even if the Lions were win against the Rams, which I'm rooting for the Lions in that game. I'm sorry. I, I want them to have their moment. Oh, yeah. I think that I think that the Lions moment will be ended right there. Okay. They win that playoff game, get the monkey off her back to drop kind of like the Bengals did round one in 2021. And then the next round, you got to go on a road to Dallas and I don't think you'd be able to pull that off. It's going to be too much for you to handle at that point. And I think 
that still sets up an NFC championship between them and the 49ers, assuming the Niners get there, which we think they will. And I think that they're poised to pull off the win this time. Like, they've already lost them two years straight in a row. Do they want to lose them for a third year in a row, even if it is in Santa Clara? I don't think the Cowboys want that happening again. But, again, you got to actually beat the 49ers for me to kind of believe in you. And I haven't seen this version of the Cowboys do that. That's why I went with yeah. the Niners. Oh, sorry. That's why I went with the Niners at that point. But, hey, a lot of good football is ahead of us, man. This is the play, my favorite time of the year. I just went because normally Chalk doesn't come home to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I picked which side I thought Chalk had a more of an opportunity not to come home. Yeah, I like so it. I, did. I like it. You know, sticking with the AFC. So we got two with the Bills and two with the Ravens. Two great picks when it comes, like, two different teams. Like, I, again, respectfully understand why you are not sold on the Bills. There are times I feel like I'm not either. They turn the ball way over too much, and Josh can lose your game just as much as he can win the game. However, he has a really high ceiling, but so does Lamar Jackson. So um, it's, it's it's all shaping up to be a really nice playoff odds here. So I'm, I'm excited for it. But that does end the check raise fold segment, even though it kind of ended a while back before the Super Bowl picks. But another fun segment of check raise and fold. So I love it. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Um, we just said the last few minutes here, and I kind of want to kind of allude to what we're going to talk a little bit more about in weeks to come. You know, Black Monday, we know a lot of guys have uh, lost jobs and whatnot. And now some rumors swirling around the Bengals camp. Yeah. Um, Callahan might be interviewing. Mm-hmm. Um do we expect Lou to interview? I mean, got a great history as a, a good leader and halftime adjustments and all that stuff, even though our defense was what ranked 30th this year, I think it ended up being something like that. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you guys think? I mean, Justin, I'll go to you. What do you think about uh, Callahan interviewing? Um, do you think either one of these two guys, I mean, you initial reaction, Gut reaction, do you think either one of these two guys end up uh, leaving and not being back next year? Well, Cal- I'm sorry. Brian Callahan, I want him to get a head coaching job. And it's not because I, you know, people think, that, oh, I hate him. No, I don't hate him. I just think that the Bengals offense just need to finally show some evolution. I think a lot of the another reasons why I was so critical of the grades that we gave the position group so far with quarterback and wide receiver is because coaching is a part of that. I feel like the Bengals haven't really evolved past their scheme of what they always do. And so I just I feel like that if the Bengals are not going to be creative and bold and make the necessary change that need to be, I'm not saying you need to fire the person. I want them to get a coaching job opportunity as a head coach somewhere. So that way that can force the Bengals to go in and step outside their comfort zone. And I want to see Dan Pitcher as an offensive coordinator. So I'm rooting for him. So when I saw the initial gut reaction of the Panthers, we're scheduled to interview him first and then the Chargers and then the Titans. And they feel like that there's Nike and all those resurfacing teams that need head coaches. Bill, Brian Callahan being a name being mentioned, I was like, cool. He needs to get his name in, in the circle because he's an offensive head coach. I'm sorry. He's an offensive minded coach. That's where the trend of the league is going when it comes to hiring. Defenses, defensive minded head coaches. It, it's disrespectful to defensive coaches because it feels like that they don't get no attention unless your defense is absolutely stacked that season. And I feel like Lou Anarumo was done a disservice. So we may see him back in track, but I was rooting for him to get a get a head coaching job at the end of the season too. Because again, I want to see the evolution of where these schemes are going to go. And then as for that to happen, our court, current coordinators got to take opportunity somewhere. So I'm pushing for that. I'm, I really am. I need to see that happen at some point. Tim, I'm gonna flip it over to you while my dog's over here screaming his head off. Um, what uh, what do you think? Gut reaction? Do we do we see either one of our uh, coordinators uh, gone for next year? You know, I wasn't surprised when I saw Brian Callahan. I wouldn't be surprised if you know this week or next week or you know however much long it takes. You know that we see Lou as as being interviewed for a head coaching position. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, because, you know, if you look at what we've done, we'll throw this this year's been out, out the door because it hasn't wasn't very impressive because of the injuries and all that. 
But, you know, look at uh, last year we were at the AFC, uh, you know, we were at the AFC Championship game. The year before that, we were at the Super Bowl. You know, what what Lou and Brian and Zach and the rest of the, you know, staff has done with the Bengals, you know, those guys deserve, you know, head coaching positions, you know. Yeah, I agree with Justin. I think a fresher look, you know, I'm not going to say, I'm not saying, you know, let's get rid of Brian Callahan. I'm not saying that at all. But a fresh look, you know, uh, a rejuvenation, we'll say, of the offense. And then maybe get Zach kind of letting that coordinator call the offense a little bit, you know, during the season, depending on who it is. Um, You know, know, it, it would be refreshing. But I would also, you know, of course we want Brian Callahan back. Of course we want Lou back. My biggest thing is, is I want Lou back more than anything. But then we look at this season. But last season, you know, I think we were in the top 10 in, in defense last year. This year, you know, it was in the, in, in the 30s. You know, so would I be surprised? Absolutely not. Because Lou and Brian, they, they you know, the team loves them. Cincinnati loves them. I would not be surprised at all. And whatever happens for them, you know, wish them the best and, uh, you know, wish them luck. All right, Chase, I'll, I'll flip it over to you. What uh, what do you think? Do you see both of them coming back, neither of them coming back, or a mix? Well, let me mention something from week two, actually. I believe it was Andrew Catalan, uh, Matt Ryan, and Tiki Barber on the call. And I think it might have been Matt Ryan that mentioned that um, – that, the head coach, offense coordinator, and defensive coordinator have all been in Cincinnati for longer than three years. They're the only team that's kept their coordinators for three, like ever the same, like the, like all the same coordinators for three straight years. They've had them for five, potentially going on six. I want to see Brian Callahan get an opportunity to be a head coach. I want to see what really happens with it, though. I fumbled the words a minute ago, but I want to see what happens with this, though. You know, is it? You know, is it really him that's calling the pe- the plays? Is it really, you know, Zach Taylor? Who, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a lot of mystery that's going on. If Brian Callahan leaves, Dan Pitcher will end up being the offensive coordinator. I think that's what a lot of people have kind of seen around the block. And that's, you know, probably what would end up happening if Callahan gets a job. Um, so am I open to him coming back? Yeah, but do I want him to go get, you know, get his money and go be a head coach? I definitely, I would prefer that more if that was the case. Lou, on the other hand, um, you know, there was, there were some things he had to deal with this year with some guys being in and out the lineup and everything, but um, they just, they got to get tougher in the trenches. I, I, you know, I I think Lou's going to come back. I think the head coaching talks have kind of died down now, but his thing is he he's got to get guys that are going to be tougher in the trenches and get more out of them. And that's going to be a big thing going forward, tougher in the trenches and speed on the back end. Um, so I think, you know, I, I think I would be, you know, welcome to have both of them back, but uh, more having Lou back than Brian Callahan. I just want to see what, what the offense can do and what, you know, how can it involve going forward? So. Yeah, I agree with you. Now here's the one issue I have. And I, I want, I want to make sure everybody understands this. And I preface this. I do not have this issue with Brian Callahan. I don't have this issue with the Cincinnati Bengals, the organization or anybody it's affiliated with. Mm -hmm. But do have a fish, uh, an issue with this, with the NFL. I don't understand with all uh, signs point to Zach Taylor makes those calls and calls the offense. And now Brian Callahan is going to get a, an opportunity to be a head coach. Matt Nagy didn't call the plays in Kansas City. Got a, got a an opportunity to be a head coach, but for whatever reason, Eric Bieniemy had to go somewhere else in a lateral move and be an offensive coordinator where he could call the plays. It's absolute horseshit. So preach that that that's my take on that. Uh, listen, all the best for Brian Callahan. He deserves everything, you know, all the comeuppance he's had. He's been great here. Our, I've watched our evolution and, and and the way we've built the team. I like it. Do I always agree with the play calling? No. Am I ever always going to agree with it? No. So that's what it is. 
But that's that's the note I'm gonna go out on this one. Uh, good good for him, but it, it brings a little uh, it brings a little something else to light, and it's just I don't understand. I think Eric Bieniemy needs his shot too. Mm-hmm. So right. with that said, we're gonna get on out of here. But check us out next week as we are running through the jungle. Oh.